Director and Seinfeld aficionado. Ooh, and I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, a bicon, and have ridden a horse. This is Just Between Us, a podcast about brutal honesty, female friendship, and completely unsolicited advice. And also, we talk about horses for two hours. So <laughs> yeah, put your saddle podcast. on and gear up for a horse cast. <laughs> I think anyone who met us would be like, yeah, they were horse girls. But two, but like two, <laughs> two sides of horse, of girls. horse girls. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I used to be a big time rider. Me too, actually. We've never talked about that. Not at all. What'd you do? You did Western? Yeah. Well, yeah. I did like barely with a saddle in Florida at like a campground. Got you it. You did like fancy equestrian. Yeah. Then I quit because it was boring. Yeah. You can only go in a circle so many times. Oh, see, I was like off on hiking trails. Like, I've probably- done that too. I would say mine were unauthorized horses. Got it. Yeah. I broke my arm falling off a horse. What, really? Yep. Is that a lie? Is that one of your lies? No, it's not a lie. I I was I was bareback on the horse and we re- and I was doing around the world, which is where you like you rotate your entire body around the horse. Sure. And then my horse decided to start trotting and then I fell right off. Oh, how old were you? Old enough to, to hurt for it to hurt. <laughs> old enough to no party, idea. baby. Yeah, I have no idea. Like 12? I don't oh, okay. know. <laughs> so we start off the podcast with like a, a check-in. And my check-in is that I'm annoyed with you. What did I do? Well, because you keep you kept a secret again. Oh, yeah. I don't like it. But if you so, have a major life event, you have to tell me immediately. But or so, else I get resentful and then I don't even want to hear about it. But sometimes, sometimes I like to keep information to myself. But why? Um, as like for a power, yeah, for power, That's and also, I, I look, I have a lot of problems. <laughs> like, I think sometimes I like being like nobody knows about this thing, and then I get to decide when to dole out the information, so that you can then in turn fuck with me. No, it's not about you. You're making well, that's it part like, of the problem. You're making it like I keep information from you specifically. Well, you are. No, there's just a well, lot I, of... Here's something you don't know. I've kept information from you. I'm sure you have. No, currently. Currently, I'm sitting on a landmine and I haven't told you. Oh! I'm not going to tell you. I got landmines. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You told me the big one already. No, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> see, now that, me doing that is just to fuck with you. Right? Yeah. Are you, well... So, Inside my body, I'm mad at you. Yeah, okay. So I, I don't know why. I think it's because... I don't, as a child, I don't trust anyone. And then, like, as a teen, I don't trust anyone. Okay. So I think I have a lot of trust problems. Got it. And so sometimes I, like, do sneaky bad things, Mm -hmm. and then I want to keep it to myself. Because you think I'm going to, like, judge you? No. I just just like the feeling of being, like, I got secrets. Okay. I don't want anyone to know me. (laughs) Yeah. Believe me, as someone who knows you, it's not that great. (laughs) No. I'm a lot. First of all, my therapist says that you're entitled to a private life. No, but because you, what you do is you <laughs> then, you then get off on it. So that's the part that's bullshit. Is that you then tell me the thing, and I'll be like, "When did that happen?" And you'll be like, "A whole week ago." Yeah, and you like love that months ago. Yeah, a year it's, ago. It's not you doing it for like good reasons. 
But I want, I like keeping stuff to myself sometimes. Just because I want to make sure time has passed and like it's not immediate, it's not an immediate. And that's fine, yeah. I guess. But it's <laughs> then the delight in me finding out that that's not okay. You keep secrets. Yeah, and I'm going to keep them now. No, come on. I'm sitting on a landmine. So am I. What? We can do an exchange. No, do you have another one or are you just fucking what with if, me? I do have another one. We write it down. What is the other one? What if we write it down and then we pass it to each other? Okay. You want to do it right now? Yes. Fine. <laughs> I'm like really mad at you. Okay. <laughs> Fine. God. Okay. And then we and then we have to sh- and then we have to pass it. Yes. But we can't say what it is on the mic. Okay. We just have to we react. Won't. We'll just react. Okay. Are you gonna? Are you putting something that's a lie so you get my information no! without? <laughs> oh, why would are I? Are you lying? No, but I. No, I'm not. But I. I don't know because I'm a like a monster, so I would write a fake one and then. Well, now I'm worried that your landmine is going to be way bigger than mine. It's definitely going to be. Really? I think so. It's bigger than the one you told me this morning. Yes. Oh my god. Okay, here we go. Okay. Here. No follow-up questions. No fo- What? <laughs> oh, my God. Ah! What? <laughs> Are you... Fu- I am... Okay. I have to say... I... John, I can't record this with her anymore. I no longer consider her to be my best friend. I honestly... I don't know her at all. I have been fucking comforting you for the last two weeks, every single that's, day, checking that's in... From- that's from months ago. I want to. Can I leave? Can we take a That's break? That's from months ago. That's bullshit. That's- <laughs> I'm honestly like I'm furious right now. Yours is great news. Well, yeah, yeah whatever. I don't want to share my good news with you. But this I don't was great. Share, I don't want to share anything with you anymore. Oh come on. Oh my god. Our producer John is coming in to mediate. Okay. Okay. Hi. 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 Yours is such good news. I'm so happy for oh, you. Okay, what's going on here? What's going on here? Well, okay. John, this is what's going on. Is that I'm under the assumption that we're friends and that friends tell each other stuff. Right. And Gabby is living an entirely secret life from me and doing <laughs> things that actually have repercussions and like change dynamics and matter and she doesn't share them with me. Okay. And that makes you feel some type of way because I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, John. I'm kidding. I thought John was about to be a like a therapist. No, I, I am. I am. I just don't feel close to her anymore, and I don't feel like she's my real friend. I don't tell mm-hmm. any... I didn't say... That's not information anybody has. It's okay, but I just don't feel like we're friends anymore. So Stop! For, oh, no. So wait, so for you, Allison, a best friend is someone who tells... Yeah, you tell other, me every, everything. Every, every single thing. Well, there was yes. a, one reason why it was a secret, and then it and then that reason went away. So then why didn't you tell me then immediately? <sighs> I don't know. I felt like it had been too long. <laughs> I guess I'm upset because I feel like in the last few months we've become closer again and I thought that we had become real friends again and now I feel like it's all a lie. No, we are real friends. (laughs) We are. Oh, my God. We are real friends. Okay. What's it going to take for you to feel like Gabby's... Ah, great question. Great question. Great question. I honestly don't know. Stop. No. I'm honestly, I'm, I mean, we're getting this live. This is live coverage. I don't know. <laughs> Stop. I'm like, I say, you know, like I could put on a brave face and I could say, haha, I'm just kidding. And then we can record this. I know af- you're not kidding. And then afterwards, I could then go back to being mad at you. But that would be unfair to you for me to pretend like I'm fine just because we're recording. Oh, I don't think you would pretend that you're fine. I'm not fine. Yeah. I'm very mad. Yeah. So, okay. So. How uncomfortable are you, John? 
considering I feel like I don't know what's on the papers. Uh, oh yeah, pretty oh yeah, John doesn't even know. John has no idea I, what happened. I literally am coming Neither in like a mediator. The listeners, the listeners have no idea what happened. Yeah, so it's truly wild. I mean, Look, we can basically we don't need to name names. Yeah, but I basically, Gabby slept with someone without telling me, and it's someone we both know. I'd say it's different than like if she had a one night stand and didn't tell me. This is somebody who we both know, and I think it's inappropriate she didn't tell me. Whoa. Okay. Inappropriate. Is- I think it's, or I think it's misleading. I think it's like, it's then we've been in situations where I don't have all the information and that makes me feel not close to you. Oh. Mm. Okay. I see that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I see I'm that. just like some nobody who like has no idea what the fuck's going on in your life. No. Absolutely well, that's how not. You know mm. all the other stuff. Well, not who the hell knows? Maybe I don't. No, now you have all the information. <laughs> For now. Can I say yeah, the reason okay. that I initially couldn't say anything and didn't tell anyone is because the person wasn't out. Mm-hmm. And then they came out and that changed uh, being able to tell people. But at that point, I felt like I couldn't because too much time had gone by. And I was like, well, now it's just like weird to bring up. So then I just like was like, I'll just take that to the grave. <laughs> this is heavy. <laughs> I know. But... Allison, you don't really believe Gabby on that, is what I sense. I guess I just don't believe her anymore. No! Anymore? How are we going to do this show? I know! It's going to be tough. (laughs) Also, you never did. No, I had grown to believe you, and that's what's, that's what's no, hurtful. It's not. That's where we took a step back today. No, that's okay. we've taken step backs before. <laughs> we've taken step forwards before, but today we took a step back. No, Allison, you can't change how I feel. Maybe, I understand. I can't. Oh my god. Maybe this is a situation that'll be resolved in time, but for the sake of the show, <laughs> yeah. Maybe no. we table Oh, John, don't worry. I've worked with Gabby many times while I've been furious at her. So oh, okay, we don't great. need to worry so, about so we're this good. at all. <laughs> I'm not taking sides here. I'm just saying um, we could return to this at a different point. Yeah, we'll return to this in an exclusive bonus episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for premium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this fight sponsored by, and then we just say who it's sponsored. You can cut to a commercial here. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Well, I'm just gonna ghost out of here. I'm okay. sorry. I'm Thanks glad for you. In. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad you came Thanks in. Thanks for mediating. You're welcome. Not my original idea, but uh, yeah, I, I assume the role. So. <laughs> You're natural at it. Thank you. Do you think when John signed up to do the show that he thought this would be the dy- dynamic? No, I don't think anybody thinks that. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so. I'm very sorry. Okay. I'm very sorry. Okay. You have all the information now. Sure. You do. Okay. Okay, so in this really uncomfortable episode, <laughs> we will be interviewing the one, the only Kelsey Dara from BuzzFeed and also our lives. We're going to be playing some fucked up games and we'll be exploring the age-old question, is it normal not to have kids in our final segment called Topics with an X? But first, hit the music, maestro. International question. International question. International question, Barbara, Brazil. So this is the part of the show where we answer a listener's question and Mm -hmm. I sing an intro song, regardless of where the question comes from. Well, this is sort of your signature song. Yes, and it is now expanded to uh, national questions. But luckily today actually is an international question because it's coming to us from Brazil. Yeah. You ever been there? Maybe. I wouldn't know. Okay. Oh, my God. So, Barbara wants to know. <laughs> Barbara wants to know, 
Is it right for me to expect a depressed person to feel as strongly about me as I do about them? I know he cares about me, so should that be enough? But it's also not fair for me to just settle for someone who wants to just use me as a crutch. Okay, so you have a lot of experience here, so you you might want to take the lead on this. Sure. You mean dating a depressed person? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So this is very tricky, right? Because there's this whole, you know, ideally in a relationship you're there for the good times and the bad times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for someone who struggles with mental illness, there's going to be pretty big differences between good and bad times. Um. But, you know, I also think that unless you're, you know, married with children, I think that requires a different level of commitment. But if you're in a long-distance relationship the way Barbara is with this person – there was more. Oh, yeah, there oh. was more to the email than I shared. Oh, they're in a long distance relationship. Yeah, in a long distance relationship. Oh, there's so many factors. I don't think they're even in like an official relationship. He's in America. She's in Brazil. She's going to visit him in a few months. Oh. Um. And she oh. said that I can't tell her not to go because she already bought the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I wow. love. I love when they give me like conditions to my advice. <laughs> That's so funny because they. She knew what you were gonna say. Yeah. She was like, okay, but I'm still going and I have to stay with him because it's free. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Okay, Barbara's situation, fine. But also, like, I think you've experienced dating a depressed person and also being depressed in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, you've seen both sides. Well, I think that there's a really big difference between someone going through an episode of depression and maybe not being their full self and being in a relationship where the power dynamic is just uneven, where one person likes the other person more all of the time and one person likes the other person less. And from what I was getting from Barbara is that it sounds like there's never been a time where their feelings for each other were equal. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because this person has been depressed the entire time mm-hmm. or what, but I would say that like if you don't have that foundation – then it's not a healthy relationship. If you haven't had at least months of a time where you two are equals in the relationship and it doesn't feel like one person is just desperately trying to keep the other person, Mm -hmm. then it's probably not the best fit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What bumped for me is I don't know what depression has to do with feeling uh, the same about each other. As in my experience, it's sort of it's just because they can't feel about anything. Like they don't, Got you know, it. they don't have the ability to like be excited about anything or to to feel honestly to even like probably feel love if they're yeah. in that depressive a state. Sure. Um, you know, I've been I've been broken up with because the person was too depressed and felt like they couldn't give me what I needed in a relationship. And honestly, I. I commend him for doing that. Yeah. I, I truly think that that's, that's the right move and that's the respectful move is to remove yourself from the situation. Yeah. Instead of, you know, putting this person in a, in a place where they might have to compromise what they really want. And also um, using someone as a crutch is interesting because I feel like a lot of times you think, well, everything's shit, but at least I have my boyfriend or girlfriend or partner, mm-hmm. you know? But, like, they can't be – you always say they can't be, like, your whole world. They can't be the reason that you're alive. It can't be like, oh, if this person leaves me, I'll, I'll commit suicide. Because that's also – I mean, if you're telling them – it's, like, manipulative, you know? Yes. And so how do you not – I guess if you're depressed, how do you not see your partner as, like, a crutch or not – how do you handle it on your own without being like, I need this person to feel good? 
Well, I think you need to also be in therapy. Mm-hmm. I think you maybe if it's this severe, you might also need to be on medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to be exercising. You need to be eating right. You need to be prioritizing sleep. You mm-hmm. know, so if you're with someone who is struggling and they're not doing any of those things, right? Then that is a very unhealthy dynamic that is like completely unfair to you. Mm-hmm. And I think you have every right to leave. Yeah, if you're with someone who is, you know, doing all of those things and they're, they're, you know, they're still in the thick of it, but they're working towards getting better, then I think, you know, you have to sit down with yourself and you have to decide, like, am I, am I good to wait this out? Like, what, what does this person mean to me? What future can I see with this person? Mm-hmm. Again, like, what foundation do we have? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very interesting to me that Barbara knows that she's a crutch. Yeah. That it is so obvious in their relationship that she can self-identify as that. And that to me is a very bad sign. Yeah. And using the word settle. Yes. I think maybe they just don't like each other. Well, I think maybe (laughs) he doesn't like her. (laughs) I think that, you know, I think that it doesn't sound like they ever were on equal footing. And I think she might be someone who's convenient for him because, yeah. you know, she is long distance, so he can check in or check out of the relationship when it's convenient for him, mm-hmm. which is something also to really look for. You yeah. Know? Like, I, are they around be- when they when you want them to be around or are they around when just they want to be around? And also saying, I, I know he cares about me. Uh, like, at bare minimum, they should care about you. I yeah. don't think that's... He acknowledges her humanity and that she's alive. <laughs> right. Like, I don't think I, I don't think it should be like, well, I'm in love with this person and they uh, care. <laughs> like, okay. But that, you know, so I do now wonder if it's like, you know, not personal because I'm, tr- I'm thinking back to times when I've been depressed and I, and I just am like, I can't bring myself to be motivated uh, like the house could fall down around me and i'd be like okay and then but when you're in that place you shouldn't be in a relationship when do you let someone know in the dating process that you go through depressive episodes great question uh first text no (laughs) (laughs) um i think it depends i think it depends at what speed the relationship is moving um but i always i always think earlier the better because I think that as su- I think that the earlier that you talk about it, you're sending a signal that okay, this is something we can talk about. This is not a subject that I'm touchy about. This is something that like we can have conversations about. Mm-hmm. And I think that that openness is going to be really important. Yeah. So that like they don't feel like they can't say to you like, oh, are you going through this rough patch? Because you'll get defensive or it'll be weird or like they need to ignore it. Like mm-hmm. I think that as quickly as you can make it something that's on the table to discuss, the better. I think people are worried about. Um, being left if they're not fun time person all the time. Absolutely. I feel I've that been way. left. <laughs> yeah, like I feel that way that like if I'm not like good time Gabby all the time, then then who would ever want to be with me? Which is also the depression talking. But then I also think that sometimes you find a partner where you're pushing your boundaries and you're like, what can I get away with? Mm-hmm. How unbearable to be around can I be and they'll still stay? Yeah. And I think you need to catch yourself when you're doing that. And I think also partners need to stand up for themselves when their partner's doing that. Yeah. Like, I, that, like you know, I understand what you're going through. I'm going to be here for you. But here is what is not going to be tolerated. Mm-hmm. And sort of like laying that out. Boundaries. Yeah. So, okay. So you can't latch on to your partner. You have to like and, – and bury yourself in the person and not deal with your feelings, which I've done. So you have to just – 
actually get better because otherwise in my experience you like latch onto a partner and you're like great i'm not feeling a thing blah 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 and then uh as soon as that ends you're uh you just crumble because you were using this person to like not be depressed basically yeah i'd say that like you have to if you're the person who's and your partner is struggling Mm -hmm. you kind of have to like take a a backseat view of the whole situation and think is this person stable enough and capable of being in a relationship right now yeah and that's something completely independent of you it's completely independent of like the strength of your relationship in the past and like the connection that you have you have to just like objectively look and say does this person have the mental capacity to be in a healthy romantic relationship right now? Right now. Right now. Yeah. And sometimes the answer is going to be no. Yeah. And that sucks. But yeah. like, and it obviously helps if that person can recognize that too. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Like I'll flip that to be also like. On yourself. On yourself. Uh, am I okay to be in a relationship right now? Right. And you know, there's no shame in the answer being no. Mm-hmm. But I think that there is not necessarily shame, but there is some blame if you stay in it anyway. And you yeah. know and you know that you can't give what you need to give. Yeah. And also I think people think breaking up is this this final thing. But life is so long. And how many people have been like, Wow, I'm not I can't be in a relationship now. Okay, they break up and then like, you know, they get better, they work on themselves and they get back together. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's uh, you know, I don't think you can count on that. No, and you can't expect your partner to wait around for you. Right. But I think sometimes you need to to take that break for things to heal. Mm-hmm. And if you overstay in the relationship, then I think it can become unhealable. Resentment. Yeah, I think you can pass a, a place of no return. For sure. Kind of like what happened with us earlier. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is this would be great for your book. Yeah, don't don't try to... Kiss my ass now, promoting I'm, my book that I'm trying to pitch. I'm I not, see what you're doing. I don't know. I've said many times that you should have a book about this kind of thing. This isn't new. Okay. Anyway, Barbara from Brazil, I'd say cancel that trip. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I do, Barbara? I'd go and then make other plans. You can there's stuff to do that doesn't have to do with this guy everywhere. Exactly. And also I would I would change your expectations about what the trip will be like and instead focus it on you and that you're going on vacation and this person happens to be there. I like that. Yeah. Well, if you want to submit your international question, send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Stick around because after the break it's tough questions with Kelsey Dara. Turtles All the Way Down is the acclaimed number one bestseller by John Green, author of The Fault in Our Stars and Paper Towns. Turtles All the Way Down is now streaming on Max. NPR named the novel a, quote, sometimes heartbreaking, always illuminating glimpse into how it feels to live with mental illness. Aza Holmes never intended to pursue the disappearance of fugitive billionaire Russell Pickett, but there's a $100,000 reward at stake and her best and most fearless friend Daisy is eager to investigate. So together, they navigate the short distance and broad divides that separate them from Pickett's son, Davis. Aza is trying. She's trying to be a good daughter, a good friend, a good student, and maybe even a good detective, while also living with the ever-tightening spiral of her own thoughts. Turtles All the Way Down is a brilliant novel about love, resilience, and the power of lifelong friendship. 
As someone with OCD, it is so wonderful to see OCD represented in an incredible book. I think it is so important that we talk about mental illness, both in our own lives and through narrative. Buy your copy of Turtles All the Way Down in stores today and catch the movie streaming on Max. Hi everyone, Allison here. Anyone who knows me well knows that I love to read. I am always looking for new books, and that is why I'm so excited that this episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. It was so fun for me to get to pick which book I wanted to read this month and have it shipped right to my door. Book of the Month makes it easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you can't go wrong. Every aspect of the Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. They have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month. Books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box, and there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process. They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other options, shipping is always free, and with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment and she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic, a new husband comes out and she's, she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic trying to figure out which one is the best. It is right up my alley and I love it. So much. So, if you want to take part in Book of the Month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month, go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting, Tough Questions. You say that every time and I don't know that it's true. It's never true, but they write it down for me, so I read it. Aww. Yeah. We have such great producers. I know. We're very lucky. We're also lucky today to have Kelsey Dara joining us. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How do we know you? Um, We all used to work at BuzzFeed together on the internet. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? No. It feels like so long ago. It truly was. Four years ago? I don't know. I'm so old. Three years ago? I love watching you guys flourish, though. Oh, wow. I've been following you all's careers like since BuzzFeed days. I remember being like, that's that. You always, it's so funny, like, and I don't mean to call you out, but you always, <laughs> no, in a nice way, in a seconds. nice way, <laughs> but like anytime you, you text me and ask for advice on anything, I'm always like, is she joking? She's more successful no, than me. 100%. Why is she asking me this? You know when like people do like Women Crush Wednesdays and stuff? I've never done one, but if I ever would, it would be to the advice you give me. Like you are one of the only people. She's pointing at Gabby, by only the way. Only because I don't have your number, Allison. That's the only reason why. I'd love to give it to you off air. Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> Gabby's never like. Like, she has no problem being so transparent about the business, about what she does, how to do this or that. And, like, you don't get that regularly from people in the industry, I think. What kind of questions do you ask her? I'm like, how much money should I expect from this thing? Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. And she's like, boom, bam. Well, here's what I would do, but negotiate this way. And, like, you just don't get that advice. It's very kind of you. But I'm always just like, does this girl realize that she is more successful than me? No. I guess not, because I do not see that 
that. Like, that's the whole thing, right? It's like, what is success? And like, mm. there's such a difference. I know, perceived. For perceptions. Yeah, I guess because, it yeah, is. Yeah, like, she has more Instagram followers you than know, you. Right? So, do I? Yes. That's oh, yeah. insane Way more to me. Than me. Mm-hmm. Okay, see, this is wild because it really truly is like, how do you look at success? Because to me, you guys are like the OGs of like female sketch talk show comedy from YouTube. This is, yeah. So like, the metrics of success are very interesting. You know, you're on an E show. I, I still can't believe it either. Like, yeah. <laughs> it never feels like this success is happening to me. I don't know if, like, you guys ever deal with that, but I think it's just the amount of anxiety I deal with. When something good happens, I'm like, I can't enjoy that now. Stuff it in a closet. Huge. I'll get to it eventually. Oh, Huge. see, I, I've had to do this thing where I'm like, because uh, I'm never where I want to be, mm. but I'm like, every time it's something that hasn't happened before, then I should mm. celebrate it. Ooh. So yeah. even if it's like, oh, I'm like, I've just sold the script, it probably won't make get to be made, but like, no, at I least I sold name on the, the script. I always see it. I get so excited. I get to see Allison's name like behind closed doors where no one else gets to see it on these like really big deal projects. And that's the thing that's shitty is like you never get to talk about it and then it may or may never ever get made or it takes, Oh, that's like, our years. whole lives. Yeah. We don't get to talk about anything that we do. Well, that's why you have a podcast. Exactly. Where I we still very, can't talk I about it. Personally, right now I'm in a in a phase of feeling incredibly unsuccessful. Really? And like I have completely plateaued. Do you think it's because it's not as uh, no- noticeable because you are doing stuff. Am I though? Yeah. Yes. I feel like I'm not, and I and I also and I know this is so terrible, but because my Instagram numbers keep going down, Same. I'm like, okay, think because I'm like I'm not relevant anymore. No, that's, everybody's are dropping. Like that's, I don't feel I don't feel like I carry like the 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 audience that I used to carry, and then I feel like in traditional stuff like. Last year, I went out with so many different shows and movies and nothing sold. And, like, I just yeah. feel like, oh, well, this is it. Maybe I transition into working at a dog organization. <laughs> I peaked. Yeah. No, I think anyone in this industry will feel that ebb and flow. And, like, we're talking about metric of success. How stupid is it that we have to, like, care about those numbers? Because mm-hmm. now that does matter mm-hmm. when you go into, like, a room or a sales pitch or whatever. People are like, well, how are your social media? And it's like, I have to give in to this toxicity yeah. at the cost of what me feeling <laughs> valuable and, and relevant yeah like what do you measure as success what do you see as like the people that you think are doing better than you Ugh, that comparison. that i just feel like we don't have any idea what the truth is Someone? i'm trying to um be less urgent about stuff and realize that sometimes like i have to wait a really long time for something to pay off mm-hmm. so like i got hired to write this movie and like we're <laughs> Hard stop. What but the like, fuck? That's right. Like, gah. But it was forever ago. Still. Still. <laughs> but, like, now, like, now maybe finally, like, they're about to go out with, like, actor to, to try to attach talent and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, even best case scenario, if this thing gets made, it's not going into production for forever. And right. And it's not coming out for forever. But I'm, so I have to be like, yes, yeah, so today I have literally nothing to do. But maybe in a year and a half, I'll have a movie on Netflix. <laughs> it's like. the immediacy, I think, too, of us coming from a digital space the way we started was not fucking normal right and like they're the people that are hitting digital success quicker are just getting younger and younger so the pace at which we're we're used to and the way that children's minds are starting to shrink for uh like attention span mm-hmm. is getting smaller and smaller so for us to have to know and remember what it's like realistically mm-hmm. i think is a huge fucking transition that's also the thing is we so want the immediacy of like Look at me. I'm doing great. I'm doing well. Look at all the things I'm doing. 
But then I I had to really like even moving into um, traditional stuff, like be like, oh, no, movies take like 20 years. <laughs> so long. Like, I mean, you knew because you went to you went to school for film. So you understood you probably came in understanding that. Yeah, I, I think that for me, what I try to do is have so many projects that like uh, it doesn't matter if this one's taking a long time because mm-hmm. I have this one and I have that and I have that. And so I'm in a space right now where I don't have that. Mm. So you you left a big company mm-hmm. and now you're on your own kind of like Partly, navigating yeah. your own career. Yeah, Jesus. And so what has that transition been um, like? The best and worst thing ever. <laughs> it's like the greatest because now I can – do things that I couldn't do previously and Mm -hmm. that's very fulfilling and exciting and you know I work from home a lot which somebody who deals with anxiety and depression is not very great Mm -hmm. to have so I have to work extra hard to make sure I'm seeing the light of day sometimes and like mm-hmm. since I've gotten in the entertainment industry, I always had like a stable income. And so this is the first time that I'm like, will I sell my soul for a brand deal? Because I never thought I'd be that person. Mm-hmm. But like, does it does money even matter to me right now? You know, I don't know. It's it's a weird time. Yeah. But I will say 10 times out of 10 that I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I was able to. Because you didn't, you weren't able to take your podcast with you. There no. were things like, yeah. yeah. I'm sure we probably have like similar audiences. Yeah, we, we felt like, that way. We are young women mm-hmm. and we tried really hard to get it. I mean, Kate, my co host at BuzzFeed, left, uh, she's wanted to stop doing the podcast for like personal reasons. And I was like, great, I'll carry it on. Maybe she'll join again. Maybe we'll have other guests on in the meantime. And when I left, I, I left on a tiny, like, uh, first looks deal. So we still had some stuff in negotiation projects that I still had there. And they were just like, we don't really know how you guys did the podcast. So we can't say it was, like, yours. And I was like... What? What? Because well, they weren't involved in it. Like, we oh. filmed it on an iPhone. We didn't have any help from any team. We shot it ourselves. We uploaded it ourselves. Like, there oh. was no involvement from upper management because they didn't have a podcast team in L.A. Right. And right when we were, like, maybe figuring out some negotiations to get it, they fired the entire podcast team in New York. So they Got were, it. like, all podcasts have now dissolved. And I was just like... I could stay and pay lawyer fees to try and, like, Mm -hmm. carry this thing over. Or, like, what makes that podcast good is the viewers and the audience. And, like, if I could do it once, I can do it again. And I just kind of had to have faith in myself, which is, like, the hardest thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) Is know that you're enough. So many of us have had to deal with, like, losing, you know, channels or projects and then just IP and then Mm -hmm. just being like, well, okay. And it is – it just has to come down to, like – you the heart of it is you as the personality Mm. so are people still gonna follow you of course yeah and it's hard to like there is a weird drop off when you leave like Mm -hmm. someone's computer screen seeing them like three times a week to not at all and it's Mm -hmm. not intentional on the audience's part like i don't like this person anymore they're just we're not in their faces every day Mm -hmm. and so people would be like where have you gone and i'm like I'm still on Instagram or I'm still on Twitter, like places <laughs> I can control, but to not have the resources that I had at BuzzFeed to make a YouTube channel, like I just don't ha- – I'm my own mm-hmm. person. I'm a one singular thing. I'm mm-hmm. not like part of a bigger group. I wasn't one of four or, you know. What What would your advice be to people who are, are trying to, to take on like being – Everything, you know, like being their own brand, telling their own yeah. stuff, working for themselves. Even I, even not just in entertainment, even yeah. just general for Oh, yeah. I, I, I always say the same thing for both categories, really, is like change is inevitable and you have to become friends with the fear 
of unknown. Like you don't have to like it. You don't have to control it. You just have to be able to sit with it. Do you have anything else to say? Um, Do you have a question for us? Do you have or? a question? Of, oh, of, yeah. yeah okay. Do you have a final um, question for us? Okay. Like, are you dating Allison? Um, yes, I am, but I'm currently mad at Gabby, so I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want her to know. You yeah. can tell me off the record. I'll later. tell you off the yeah, Now off that we're Instagram yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because Gabby's been keeping secrets, I'm now keeping secrets. Okay. So okay. I'll tell you just um, like in secret. Okay. And then my question for Gabby is how do you feel about Allison keeping her dating story from you right now? <sighs> Pretty upset. Pretty upset. Okay. But, That's uh, interesting. Do you guys have like a conjoined therapist? No, no, but we need one. We joined was the wrong word, I think. A yeah, shared therapist. A shared <laughs> went into a weird spot. But a shared therapist, I think you should bring one on to the podcast, maybe. Oh, my God. What a great idea. Write that down, John. So now I want to invite you into the next segment of our podcast. Uh, we call this hypotheticals. Okay. And basically, I'm going to give you a series of hypothetical scenarios, and then you'll give me your response, and then I'll maybe tell you why you picked the wrong thing. It's exactly about being comfortable with the discomfort. I love it. There you go. Seek discomfort. <laughs> okay, so the first game in hypotheticals is America's favorite game show, Would You Stay With This Cheater? Okay? <laughs> okay. So I'm going to give you a scenario, and then you tell me, would you stay with that cheater? Got it. Here we go. Your significant other of 10 years gets cast in a major motion picture with Bradley Cooper. Oh, my God. Congrats. <laughs> they then fall in love with Bradley Cooper. Oh, my God. But after giving in to their feelings and sleeping together one time, Ooh. they swear that it's over and they only want to be with you. Would you stay with that cheater? So is this based on Lady, Lady Gaga? Gaga? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Just, Just my own creativity. Lawyers and so, everyone so listening. interesting that you picked Bradley Cooper he of all people. He just seems sexual to me. Like, he <laughs> seems like he has some sort of pull, maybe. Yeah. Oh. This is, first of all, the gayest thing you could have said. <laughs> Why? He just seems sexual to me. Not <laughs> yeah. that you find him attractive. No, that no. he seems what, like, what sexual might be. Yeah, yeah. I've been observing people, and they <laughs> seem to sweat when he's around, so. <laughs> Not you, though. <laughs> Not me. I'm cold as ice. Got it. Well, okay. Well, okay. Now I'm imagining myself as Bradley Cooper's gorgeous girlfriend slash wife. I don't know what she is. Sure. She's girlfriend, gorge. but mother of his children. I believe. They have kids? Yeah. They have oh. kids, right? Yeah. Wow. So wait, is so is he cheating on her? With Lady Gaga? With us slash Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is not part <laughs> yeah. of this hypothetical. Am I about? Okay. It's your significant other had sex with Bradley uh, Cooper okay. one oh. time. Oh, so my boyfriend Jared had sex with Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Fuck yeah, I'm staying with him. He gets to fuck Bradley Cooper. Are you kidding me? That's incredible. I don't give a shit. You can fuck him, me at the same time, different times. I'm 100 percent in. Do you see why I like her? Yeah, <laughs> I realize that you guys are the wrong crowd for this game. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Wait but what's does, the right is answer? Bradley Cooper cheating on his partner, or did oh, she yeah, say, cool. "Hey, you have permission cheating. to fuck Jared"? Double cheating. Oh, oh that makes me feel bad because she seems like a nice. I know lady. that makes me feel bad. See, I, that's where the morality comes. I in. I would ask him. I would ask Jared to stop fucking Bradley Cooper. No, I he, would just he's be like, only fucked him that one time, and he said it's out well, of the system. Well, then what good is that to me? Then, I, I don't know. care. It's not so now you leave him so you can be with someone else who can fuck. I, I might like here's the as a lady I feel like it is my duty to DM her and be like here's the he, tea he's cheating on you but I've also had that happen to friends where it like made it so much worse really yeah so I don't know would you DM because what's the wife? my would yeah. I DM Bradley Cooper's model girlfriend to, hmm. to say <laughs> Bradley Cooper's cheating on you 
Yeah, of course, but I she doubt she'd read you. the DM. Yeah. I mean, she yeah. probably... But at least you did your duty of, like, trying to tell her, and that would lift the guilt off of Got me, it. and I'd be okay with but it. But then you, wouldn't your partner be pissed and be like, hey, you weren't loyal to me, you, like, ratted Bitch, me out. we talk about loyalty I right know, now? Do you I just know. peg Bradley? Yeah. Here's the thing. Your oh, partner oh, your partner ultimately leaves you for Lady Gaga. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> so she was a part of it. Great. Also, uh, I, I, I like that you... In your mind, Jared <laughs> is pegging. Jared Bradley. is pegging Bradley Cooper, which I have a lot of questions. So he's DPing Bradley Cooper. He's DPing Bradley Cooper, and they're both we're jerking going, each other we're off. We're going to move on. <laughs> but for, I like my, for my parents' sake, we're going to move on oh, to sorry, the Alice next part bad. of the game. This is another game within hypotheticals called "Is This a Date?" Oh, give you a scenario and you tell me whether or not it's a romantic date. Ready? Your ex invites you to be their plus one at a wedding because they haven't told their family you broke up yet, even though it happened over a year ago. Damn. Is this a date? Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Pretty wild, huh? Wait, how do you think of this stuff? It's hard. She is, this is her thing. This is like her her brain is a genius at this. Okay. Well, that's why you're a great writer. You're a great writer. It is so wild. Uh, what she comes up with is uh, do are me and the ex friend? No, you haven't spoken since your breakup. Did over it end a year badly? Ago. Very badly. It's a date. Yeah, I would go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's for, for sure, sure a date. date. Yeah, yeah. It was a date. That one was really easy. It's a date. I like a little messy situation. Yeah, I want to see what's up. Engaged at the wedding, <laughs> really? And then everyone's pissed because you stole all the attention. Uh, oh, classic you can't get me. engaged at someone else's. You wedding. can't get engaged That's at someone some else's wedding. Do. Okay, our final scenario. Oh, I like this game. Good job. Thank you so much. Mm. People have various reactions to oh, it. Well, they're not the right people if they don't like it. <laughs> okay, so our final scenario is another version of is this a date? Here okay. we go. After finally scheduling work drinks with someone in your industry, they say talking about work is off the table the moment you sit down and then order absinthe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this has happened. Oh, God. I don't know. And this is my hypothetical. Is it? Is that called being a woman in Hollywood? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the story of my goddamn life. They literally say to you talking about work is off the table. Oh, I've met up when I first got out to this town. This is not news this to town. anyone. This when town. I first got out to this town, town, men would be like, let's get let's get drinks and talk about your writing. Uh-huh. And then they would immediately turn it into a date. They'd be that's, like, enough with the writing. Yeah. What are you really here for? That's classic. Yeah. So you're saying it is a date. It's yeah, a date for him. For him. Guess what? It wasn't. They just really needed to talk. <laughs> oh, really? About what, <laughs> Yeah, Allison? they were going through a hard time. Um, Why is it my job? It's not your job. You can leave, but for them, it's not romantic because they're talking about their long-lost love who's across the country and has mm. having immigration problems. Mm, I hate it when that happens. Why am I the dumping ground for this information? Because you're a compassionate soul. But I don't sure. know them. Yes, you do. You so, work. Yeah. yeah you're colleagues. You're colleagues. Work colleagues that you've been oh. trying to get drink. So you're going to take that dump because you, you want to be tight with this Right, because they can probably help you get a, a promotion somewhere. They go. That's anyway, you so you do. just blew that work opportunity. Wow. Does that mean I wow. won? Yeah. Kelsey, you got a raise. <laughs> Look, this isn't the first time I've Good, been I can fired. Use money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever. I'll take it. That's that, if the you worst. take one thing away from this podcast, <laughs> it's that Bradley Cooper's a bottom and you can't <laughs> get, get engaged at a wedding. Not even hypothetically. We know Bradley Cooper's a bottom. A hundred percent. Thank you so much for joining us. How? Where can we find you? Um, on the internet. I'm Kelsey Dara on all the things. Or watch our e-show. 
on demand. What's I'll your e-show what it's called? It's called, oh, sorry. Dating No Filter. I'm so bad at promoing, guys. God, Kelsey. <laughs> I'm a good host, not a good guest. What do you want from me? <laughs> Stick around after the break because we're moving on to topics where we're talking about motherhood. Ew. Sexy. Yeah, I'm getting the fuck X, out of X, here. X, X, baby. <laughs> You are still listening to Just Between Us, and now it's time for our final segment, Topics. XXX. So I picked this topic uh, probably because it's something I need to discuss. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just figured this would be a good time for you to help me out. Sure. Because <laughs> um, uh, we're reaching that age, right, where I always heard that when you are you turn 28, that's when you start to really want to have kids. Sure. That's a bit what happened to me. Yeah. Well, I turned 28, still didn't want them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now I'm I'm going to be 30 and I'm getting to the point where I'm like, oh my god, do I need to have kids to have purpose? No. No, right? No, absolutely not. But also I'm bored a lot of the time. Sure. But that I don't think that's a reason to have kids. I would say that's maybe why my parents had me and I don't think it was a great idea. That's true. <laughs> I I well, I always think I mean, people have kids all the time in all sorts of situations, and I get really nervous. Like, I just start calculating how much it's going to cost mm-hmm. and, like, what their lives are going to cost. Not even the the birth itself, but, like, just school and clothes and toys. And, like, that just – it seems like you can never have enough money to have a child. <laughs> I think you can never have enough money, period. Just kidding. Billionaires have too much money, and we need to tax them. Unless they have 12 kids. Fair. Because I just can't imagine a scenario in my life, like, and I'm okay now financially, and I cannot imagine a scenario wherein I can feasibly afford to take care of a child. That's so true. Like, I I feel like it's an impossible feat. Like, I don't, all these things that, like, I think we grew up feeling like, oh, that if you, if you go down a path, then you'll get, like, you'll get a house, you'll get a spouse, you'll have kids. None of those things feel attainable to me. I don't, like, I would be so lucky to have one. Actually, I wouldn't be lucky just to have a kid. That'd be my nightmare. Really? Just to have a kid and not have a spouse or a house. If just I, me and this kid? That's not terrible. Well, first of all, it might be better to rent in some situations than it would be to buy. But also, <laughs> I <laughs> but also I think um, I don't I always like the idea of having a kid more than I like the idea of having a partner. See, I've always wanted a partner, and I've always felt lukewarm about having a kid. Yeah, well, we're opposites. I think part that's true. I think part of it is seeing my sister's experience of motherhood yeah. and how horrible her pregnancies were. Mm-hmm. They were like she was miserable throughout the entire pregnancy. Had Nobody w- shows that pregnancy is horrible. Amy Schumer is. It, yes, I was about to say she's been posting herself throwing up and like showing that it's actually not this like beautiful thing that everyone promotes it as. No, no, I'm your sister, terrified of it. Yeah, say more. What happened with your sister? Well, she, for her second pregnancy, was just, like, nauseous the entire time. For both pregnancies, she would get these panic attacks at night. Mm-hmm. Um, both, she had a natural childbirth for the first one, and they had to use forceps, which Ugh. means it's not going great. And then she had to have a C-section for the second one. So then she was, you know, recovering from major abdominal surgery, you know, following that, and also having a newborn and a toddler. And... I mean, it, it seems insane. Like, I yeah. don't know how anybody does it. It It's probably the thing that terrifies me most in the entire world. Also seeing what the day-to-day like is with having kids is 
horrible to me. I mean, <laughs> they consume every moment of your life. You have to just talk to them about nonsense for Aww. so long. Like, it's just physically exhausting. It's emotionally exhausting. Sure. But then I think about it and I'm like, so many people do this. Yes. And so I have to like remind myself and my mother reminds me that like the way that my sister experiences motherhood is her it's not own everybody. way. And it's, it's not, not how everybody experiences yeah. it. And the re- the rigidity that she brings to it yeah. is also something that I don't necessarily have to. Like her kids, they have like intense sleep schedules. Mm-hmm. They can only sleep in the pitch black with sound machines on. They never like take a nap just like in a stroller. You know, yeah. like she sort of created all of these strict rules and boundaries and it sort of makes her life be completely tied to her kid got it and so i have in turn have become just like paralyzed with fear at the idea of having children but it doesn't have to be like that look man i always say like my parents raised raised us i made it you barely know? i was like eating puddles licking puddles <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean like i i there was no no structure whatsoever and i somehow have landed here across this table from you so yeah but i would yeah so i feel like you know there's middle ground there's different styles and i'm just worried that if i choose to become a mom then i won't i won't be comfortable with doing anything other than 100 percent, and that's like where you kind of lose yourself yeah like i'm afraid that if i became a mom i would maybe lose myself but how do you feel about sugar? I mean, that's I've like... I've lost myself. Because <laughs> I... Getting this dog... Because I was like 100% wanted to have kids. And then getting the, my dog in May, I was like, oh, man. Like, this it's is so much work. And this dog will never be able to do the dishes. <laughs> like, this is so hard. And But then you also find yourself doing stuff that you would have never thought. Like... And and my parents say this about babies, too, where, like, I'm just like, oh, what is it, 4 a.m. and there's poop? Okay, you just clean it and go mm-hmm. back to bed. Like, it doesn't even phase me. Right. So, like, I think, like, you get to a point maybe as a parent where you're like, sure, and then you just do things. It's also kind of fucked up, but as a writer and creator, part of me is like, maybe I need to experience this thing that oh. is so human to have, like, a point of view, to be able to write about it, be able no. to talk about it. Plenty of plenty of men and women that don't have children and still have tons to write about. I'm sort of out of stuff. No, oh my god, this is the nightmare of like of like there's nothing left in my relationship to discuss, so I have to have a kid. Yeah, but it's you and your career it's are the married yeah, couple. Career. I'm like I gotta and give you... my career a jump start. No, I I um I always I don't know because I want kids. I think this um, is interesting. You have always been super pro kid, and now you're on the fence. Um, I too am worried that I won't do a good job. Mm. I'm very scared. I have a lot of, uh, ideas about how I would want to raise a kid, but I don't, they're a little kooky. And so I don't know if I'm not a hundred percent sure that, that, that they're right. Like the things that I, um, would want to do, I don't, I don't know what the effect. I don't know enough what kind information. Of stuff are you talking? I about? I want to raise them gender neutral. I want to homeschool. Like there what? are things. Oh yeah, you want to homeschool your kid? Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, because I I don't think that what's taught in schools is accurate. But you don't think that the socialization is important? Well, if they would of course be on sports teams and they would have music classes and they would. Yeah, I would make them. I mean, they would be Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. Who like, would teach them? Well, me or a tutor. So you'd give up your career to homeschool your kids? Because that's a full-time job. Uh, 
No, because I would still be a writer. So I would probably just like, I don't know. I would figure it out. Maybe they have a tutor or something. But I I just, I don't, like, I don't want them to come out of school being like, white men built America. And, like, I just think the lot, and, like, Columbus was great. Like, I just think there's a lot of stuff taught well, in I school that, like. I think you can like, potentially send them to the correct private school if you're, if you're able to pay for a tutor. Well, no, if you're, if you're. Yeah, it's tough, right? So this is what I'm not sure about. Like, I I have these vague gut feelings about what I want to do, but I also am not fully sure how they play out or what, yeah, what it looks does, like. What does raising a kid gender neutral mean? Oh, it just means, like, they choose – they can choose their clothes and it doesn't have to be, like, certain stuff or, like, they can, you know, whatever activity they're interested in, they can pick it and it's not like – I'm not going to, like, lean them towards any any sort of gendered anything. But it's just, like, saying, like, let them do – let them pick what they want to do. That makes sense. Also, like, I don't want to do it unless I'm in the exact right position to do it. I don't want to do it unless I'm with a partner who really wants to have kids and who I think would be a great father mm-hmm. and then I'm financially stable enough to do it. The money thing is huge. Yes. Like, I don't have this drive to have children where it, like, outweighs everything else and I do it on my own and make it work no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. no. Like, I, I only want to do it if it's something that, like, makes sense. Well, my parents – we were talking about, like – because my parents definitely had me and my sister and then my, my dad had his, his other uh, his first other son like in in they were not in financially they were not in a financially good situation to be taking care of at the time three children like right. there just wasn't that wasn't a thing but they I think they because they're baby boomers sort of bought into this thing of like I have my mom especially was like I have to be a mother I have to have kids mm-hmm. it doesn't that I'm at the age my mom was older so like my dad's 10 years older than my mom and then my mom was like in her late 30s when she had me and then my dad was already like mid 40s late 40s so like they were like we're old we gotta pop your mom was late 30s yeah oh interesting like we gotta pop in her 40s for cheyenne no so i'm she was 30 i think she was mid so she was like 35 and then cheyenne but then for cheyenne she was 38 okay so that but not for you she was mid Mid to, yeah, but so she, so I think it was like. Yeah, my mom was 34 when she had me. Yeah, and I think they just felt like, but I think my parents felt like we got to, we got to do this now, even if we're not financially stable, because we need to have kids. And also, I know my mom was concerned. She didn't want, because my dad was, um, my, you know, she didn't want my dad to be. 75 walking us down the aisle or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I think she. Joke's on her. I know. <laughs> How old is he now? He's 72. <laughs> you so, better you better figure that out. Right. So she was just like, you know, she was like, he's old. So they were on a timeline that didn't necessarily match up to their finances, which I think is relatable. I think a lot of people feel mm-hmm. that. And so they just have kids and then go, we'll figure out the money stuff later because they feel pressured to make a family. Do you feel any biological clock stuff yet? I think I, I feel that I have to make a decision. Like I'm 30. I think, you know. In the next 10 years, I've got to decide. And I'm not decided. And, like, you know, it depends on, again, like, partner situation. It depends on how much money I have, which I can't predict. Like, so it, it really – and then I, I I go, well, I just won't do it. And then I'm a little sad. And then I go, okay, I will do it. And then I'm gripped by fear. So <laughs> there's no, like, clearly right, right answer for me. I get but, caught up in – okay, so I'm – 
I'm 30, but I'm not in a relationship, so I have to find the guy. I have to date the guy. I have to get engaged to the guy. I have to marry the guy. We have to have some time to be married. Then we have to have kids. And it's like, how can I fit all of that in <laughs> before I'm too old to do it, to do it like naturally and, and w- in the most healthy way? Um, but I, I also think I would adopt. Oh, I yeah, I would absolutely adopt. Yeah, I think, I mean, my mom's a child custody attorney. And I, uh, and I and I was talking to her about this actually recently, and she was like, I mean, not to like push my beliefs on you, but there there are a lot of children that are in foster care. And I was like, for sure, for sure, for sure. Like, I, My ideal, I think, would be one in one so that like I know what it's like to be pregnant and I've gone through all of that and then also adopt a kid. That's good. I feel like I also have no clue. And then clue. every day I'd say, you're adopted, <laughs> you're biological. <laughs> Allison! I'm just kidding. I have no concept of if I can even get pregnant. <laughs> Me neither. Never been pregnant. Never been pregnant. And have de- not to, okay, not promoting this, but definitely am not like a, have not been a, a condom user at times. <laughs> and... And still not and, pregnant. And off, not not on birth control and also not using condoms. Yeah, at certain points in my for life. For Gabby. Not at, yeah, at certain points in my life. I don't live my life that recklessly. Rolling the dice, baby. <laughs> and and uh, I don't do it anymore. But anyway, so uh, n- never got pregnant. Congrats. So how okay. do I even know? Here's the thing. Right now, quick answer. Your gut feeling, are you going to have kids? Yes. I saw a video of my friend's baby singing Seven Rings by Ariana Grande yesterday, and it really did something to me. (laughs) That makes sense. Okay, now is that special time of the show where we bring our producer, John, in to tell us how we did. And if he wants to have kids. (laughs) Yes, hearing y'all talk about it was also very interesting. Kind of waffled a little bit thinking, ooh, man, am I ready? Do right? I, like, am I going to screw them up? Yeah, like, yeah. In so many different ways. Like with schooling and I think culturally too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, it took me a while to figure out who I was. I think that happened mm-hmm. with everybody. But can I do something to help them shape their identities? Yeah. You know? Like whether they're a boy or a girl, however they identify. Like what, what can I do to make them feel like being you is okay? Yeah, yeah. You know? but I think going into it with that being your goal, you'll be able to achieve it. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, the, I think so. The money thing has also come across my mind too. Yeah, a lot of my friends back home have kids, and I've felt zero pressure from them. And I think it's probably because I don't live back home at right. I'm here in LA. Um, and so I most places I've lived, friends have not really had kids until their 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I haven't felt that pressure. But, you know, it's like getting to that point. I get, you know, my family kind of jabbing like, hey, John, what are you going <laughs> to A little bit. More of the pressure's on my sisters. So Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm well, that, and that's the way of it, isn't it? Yeah. And also, like, your, what's your body? You know, are you going to recover? Yeah, right. what's your body, John? <laughs> exactly. Like I, the, the, there's no worry for me about how my body suffers. Right. It's it's my partners, whoever mm-hmm. that may be. So I think about that too. Like, are we both ready? But more so, are you physically ready? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Would you adopt? I would definitely consider it. Um, I really am adamant about having you know a, a little one that looks like me. Um, but I know there's so many kids out there. Yeah. Who need a, a home, and I do have um, a couple of like family friends who've adopted and it's worked out really well and and friends who are adopted too and you know you go through your bouts but like i think it's a really good thing to do okay john how do you think we did overall i'm gonna say it was uh, a really awesome episode really fun lots of great one-liners 
I'm going to give it a five smiling baby faces out of five smiling baby faces. Oh, there we go. thank you. Yeah. Even though we made you so uncomfortable at the beginning. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You mean coming into play a mediator yeah. or a child who doesn't want uh, their parents to fight? Yeah. You should know that, that your role will be child in the middle of a divorce. Hey, I think <laughs> I, I handled myself. I moved on. Yeah, you yeah. seem a lot better. I th- I also yeah. think Kelsey's appearance actually kind of brought up the mood a little bit, you know? Totally, Maybe. yeah. I needed some I needed a buffer from the Gabby. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel awful. <laughs> I feel really really bad. But but y'all seem okay right now? Is yeah. that is that okay? Yeah, no. Yes, between us definitely, but I just feel like I'm a bad person. I what's wrong with me and then I have therapy after this so I'll ask her hey what's wrong with me see now I feel like I'm bad because I made you feel that way and I shouldn't have made you feel that way but also I have my feelings and and I can't help my feelings no you're allowed to have your feelings I don't I I take full responsibility exactly thank you yeah beautiful Gabby what would you rate the episode I would rate it four out of five because I feel like shit now (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a downer. Anyway, (laughs) I just stared off into space. You guys couldn't see it, but I did a real sad stare into space. And just so you know, none of this was planned. (laughs) No, oh my God. No, this was very spontaneous. Very volatile episode. Thank you to Kelsey Dara for being (laughs) our guest. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn, but for who knows how much longer. Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He also composed our wonderful theme music. Our producer is Kristen Torres. Our senior producer is John Asante. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Jenny Radelit-Mast. Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. I guess I forgive you. Really? I don't know. Yay, we have resolution. Stitcher.